You're listening to EG News, the podcast, the official podcast of the East Greenwich News publication produced by Nova Pro Media. Please visit eastgreenwichnews.com and join our newsletter so you can stay up to date with everything going on in our community. While you're at it, don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button on this podcast so you can be notified every time we upload a new episode. And as always, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform. And now, here's the show. Hi everyone, it's Elizabeth McNamara from East Greenwich News here with, on a very gloomy, almost stormy looking Monday afternoon in June with uh, Jesse Tolpa at the controls and Joni Hinman um, over by my side. And we have as our guest today, Darren Murphy, who actually works with East Greenwich News now as our business manager, but with one of his other many hats, he is the chair of the Historic Cemetery Commission for the town of East Greenwich. Hi, Darren. That's correct. Hello. Thank you. So Darren, nice to have I you. cannot believe how many historic cemeteries there are in this small little town. It's fascinating. Um, not just our town itself uh, with 97 documented cemeteries, but the entire state of Rhode Island that has over 3,000 identified cemeteries. 3,000. 3, you know, are we like Queens? They said Queens had more people who were dead than alive. That might be an old, <laughs> that might be an old statistic now, but, you know, they've got these huge, huge cemeteries. But do we know how many bodies are in those 97 documented cemeteries? Oh, that's a fascinating question. We have cemeteries yeah. that range anywhere from one burial all the way up to uh, over, well over 100. Um, so it's hard to pinpoint yeah. exactly and how many. And some of them are so wonder. old, 1600s, right? They are. Yeah, we have stones that go back to the 1600s. Um, so, of course, uh, for everyone listening, our town was founded in 1677. So the fact that we've got burials that are uh, documented here in East Greenwich that predate the founding of our town is pretty fascinating. Well, are there indigenous, indigenous um, locations as well? I mean, of course, that would predate. Yes, absolutely. Um, And and, and that's uh, that's one of the things that we're constantly uncovering. So as new uh, development, new exploration takes place within Mm -hmm. town, we're finding that there are historic sites that could lead to uh, Native American burials or uh, in some cases, we may have slave burials that were never documented before um, just because typically the help for family uh, did not receive a formal burial within the family plot with a stone, and they may have been buried outside of that. So there's a lot that we don't know about our burials here in East Greenwich. Speaking of that, um, slave burials, there was um, um, a cemetery, or there's, it's part of Glenwood maybe, or behind Glenwood Mm -hmm. in the backyard. Oh, it's on Hemlock. I know exactly the story. You wrote a nice story about that in the EG News, and that was a pardoned former enslaved yes. person last name Fry. Yes. That's what I thought. I thought it was Fry. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of his first name because it was so cool. It starts the, with um, a W. The um, Windsor, the, maybe? Windsor Fry. Yes, Very good. W I N S O R. And I guess it was East Greenwich Historic Preservation Society had a whole event where they went there and their ancestors, and there was a woman. 
one of the ancestors was just fascinating. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, and they knew a lot about Windsor Fry. It was a great story. Um, and the homeowner there was very gracious in mm -hmm. helping work with the historic society, um, with, um, members of uh, the community that are interested in cemeteries to really establish that and identify it. Um, the grounds are very well taken care of around that. There's other stones that are located there that, again, we don't know who might uh, be the additional people that are buried in that location, but it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating. Anytime you can uncover and identify a new cemetery that we can put a post in the ground and assign a, a number to it is, is pretty exciting. Oh, I bet. I think he had stolen food and during uh, during the war and George Washington pardoned, had pardoned him. him. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. right. He had stolen like molasses or <laughs> some heart right. attack or something yeah. like <laughs> starving. Starving. Yeah. 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 And um and yeah, that was that was really quite remarkable. But um I know having talked with Alan Clark, who mm -hmm. is a cemetery um champion really historic yeah. cemetery champion here in town who was i don't know if he's still on the state commission but i know he was integral in helping found the eg historic that's correct cemetery commission yeah when i first uh, met alan clark uh and this was a number of years ago i think somewhere around 2012 um i had moved to east greenwich and lived here for a little while i wanted to explore the town a little bit more and the town's history because um, I'm really interested in those types of things. And so I found a volunteer opportunity uh, mm -hmm. where uh, there was an individual, Alan, who wanted some local volunteers to go out and help him clean up cemeteries. And I thought, uh -huh. wow, this is perfect. It's right in my wheelhouse. I've got some history with cemeteries. Um, and so in talking with him, he at the time was on the state uh, commission for historical cemeteries mm -hmm. and was for a number of years. He was representing Kent County um, and still consults with them, even though he's not on the commission anymore. But he and I talked a lot about, hey, how can we get this off the ground in East Greenwich? We've got other towns and cities across the state that have really active groups that are out there preserving and protecting our cemeteries. We don't have one here in East Greenwich. We talked about it some more. We went in front of the town council and petitioned them to form an advisory commission. Uh, and they absolutely gave us the green light for it and said, go right ahead. Uh, we support it. We'll write it into the, into the town. And um, we have five appointed positions on that commission mm -hmm. that were initially all filled. Um, and we had uh, a, a great group of individuals that were really dedicated to the Including cemeteries. Including our own ML Formazano. That's right. Yes. Early, yep. early person on that committee. She was our uh, volunteer coordinator in the early days. Yeah. So um, from the get-go, I was elected chair, and I've been the chair of the commission ever since. Here it is eight-plus years later, and I'm wow. still the chair. Uh, we have three active members, including myself right now. So we're always looking for other members. We've you could got, use two more We could members. use two more, yeah. Yep. And the mission is to identify new locations mm -hmm. and clean up existing? Yeah, it's mostly around preserving and protecting the cemeteries that we have. Um, so, And, of course... Um, part of the preservation aspect is identifying the new cemeteries so that we can get them clearly identified um, statewide, get a number assigned to them, and then we know that they fall under the same protections that all our other cemeteries do. But um, in terms of volunteers, we, we've, we started out in the early days really aggressively going out and looking for volunteers and recruiting school groups and people from all around the state to come in and help us out. We've moved a little bit away from that just because we don't have the uh, capacity to coordinate and handle all that. Um, and we've tried 
tried some different avenues. So we have a Friends of East Greenwich Cemetery's Facebook page. I would encourage mm -hmm. anyone who's interested to go take a look at that. I don't think I'm on that. You know what? I just joined because I knew we were talking to you, Darren. Yes. So I just joined about a month ago. But it is interesting because there's, you know, it's it's cataloging, hey, here's where, go where we're going this weekend. And we could use people with leaf blowers or whatever else. Absolutely. Join us if you can. Yeah, Alan has been really active lately in um, identifying cemeteries that we can go out that are easily accessible mm -hmm. right on the side of the road. And we can pop in there with a half dozen volunteers and in a couple of hours really get things under control. And that's the, that's the goal. We know that we're not going to get every cemetery looking like Glenwood or like East Greenwich Cemetery. Um, but if we can get things under control, we can open them up a little bit, get some sun in there, hopefully promote some grass to grow, uh, then it's a lot easier to care for them. What is the protocol for entering a historic cemetery? Great question. Um, so the public uh, should have access to enter any historic cemetery that they would like. However, it is always advised that they consult with the landowner uh, where that cemetery is located. So we do have certain cemeteries in town that are on town property, and that's easily accessible. You can walk into any of those um, throughout the course of the day from sunup to sundown. And we have other cemeteries that are managed by private organizations, such as East Greenwich Cemetery and Glenwood Cemetery, or managed by church groups. And generally, those are open to the public as well, where you can access, access them during daytime hours. Anything else that's located on private property, though, it really is a, hey, you should go up, knock on the door, introduce yourself, let the person know why you're there and why you'd like to have access to the cemetery, that you have an interest in that, or you wanted to see if there was a possibility of cleaning them out. And generally, homeowners are more than willing to allow people to go in and work on those. What is the homeowner responsibility, level of responsibility, when you are looking at a property and there's yeah, a good historic question. cemetery yeah. on it? Uh, unfortunately, they don't really have a set responsibility with regards to cemeteries. They're not required to care for the cemetery on their property. We certainly encourage that. And there are, um, there was something passed in the state of Rhode Island where the towns have the ability to put into place a uh, tax incentive for homeowners. If they have a cemetery on their property um, and we're able to go in and assess the exact boundaries of that cemetery, then there exists the possibility of taking that land off of their tax rolls in exchange for their care of the cemetery. Mm. So this is something that was advocated for on the town level, or on the state level, I'm sorry, but it, it isn't something that we actively have in place in the town of East Greenwich right now. Could we? We absolutely could. Uh, it would require petitioning the town council to make some pretty major changes. It would be, unfortunately, a rather large expenditure to get that off the ground because we would have to have a professional, professional assessment and survey yeah. of the land yeah. to find out exactly how large the cemetery is. Because again, if you have a cemetery that has a stone wall around it, there's a good chance that that is where the burial is located within the, the boundaries of the stone wall. There could exist the possibility that there are some burials outside of that. Um, if there is no stone wall that exists, you may see some stones and assume that those are the only burials there, but there could be other stones that have been lost over time. There could have been burials that were made without stones in the ground. Uh, Quaker burials were, uh, they, they utilized just field stones and didn't have engravings on them in a huh. lot of cases. So we see the stone there. We, we can look in our records and, and tell that there was a record of burials taking place at a specific location. And we have stones there, but we have no engravings or markings to clearly identify that there was a body place there. It probably seemed like a really natural, nice thing. Only now it's like, who's there? Exactly. You know? Yeah. Humble, right? Right. Yeah. Humble, yeah. humble, but not helpful to the, um, to the future historians. Precisely. <laughs> what is the tool that you use when you're assessing whether there are 
maybe some burials outside of the stone wall. I think you said sometimes, you know, maybe the help or something would be outside of a wall. Sure, yeah. Uh, so one of the most effective tools, aside from coming in and doing a uh, really elaborate archeological study, which would involve scraping away layers of uh, soil until you came across any type of remains or, or uh, uh, any type of uh, indicators that there might've been a burial there, really a, a uh, non-ground disturbing method would be to use something called GPR, which is ground penetrating radar. And this was something that I actually used the first time that I had an exposure to cemeteries uh, back when I was in high school. Uh, I grew up in a very small town in Connecticut, Marlboro, which uh, fewer than 5,000 people, very rural with a single traffic light. Um, so we, uh, it was a lot of farm country. We had four identified cemeteries and um, I chose to do some work in one of the cemeteries doing some uh, historical research on the burials there as part of my Eagle project. Uh, I worked with an individual who owned a ground penetrating radar company. And what we did was we came in and we put little flags out. Uh, we measured out uh, 10 by 10 plots within the cemetery and we dropped little flags in the ground, much like the flags that you'll see around town if someone has um, yard work done and there's a company that calls comes in or, or mm -hmm. if they have uh, wires put in the ground for their pets, they'll put little flags in. We put those flags all throughout the cemetery and created a grid pattern. And then we had a tool, the ground penetrating trading radar unit, which was essentially just a plastic box with a handle on it that I dragged back and forth along the ground uh, throughout the cemetery. And we got a printout from that that was a uh, essentially like you'd go and get a radar, uh, an x-ray image if you went and had one of your bones x-rayed. Wow. Uh, x-ray of the ground. Yes. How far down would it go? Uh, we, uh, I, I believe you could set it for different depths, oh. but we were only searching within a range of maybe six to eight feet, which mm -hmm. was typical for the depth for burials. Were those spooky images to review as a kid uh, looking for your eagle? Yeah. <laughs> you would think that it would be, uh, you know, for, at first thought you, you think, oh, it's going to print it out and I'm going to see the outline of a skeleton. But right. uh, these were burials that had taken place so long ago that really all we saw were what looked like mounds under the ground. Um, so the, the sheet that printed out was white and anytime it the uh, radar image that would bounce off of something, it would return um, these black lines on the sheet of paper. And ah. they look like little mounds across the sheet. And every time we saw one of those mounds, we were able to go back and say, okay, does this match up where, where we recorded this? Does it match up with a stone that's there that we can visibly see so that we know for sure, yes, that is what we've deemed an anomaly under the ground or a burial, and it's tied to the stone that's there. But then in instances where there weren't stones and we'd get those printouts on the paper, you'd know that there's probably a burial in that location. We just don't have a stone or any record of who it might be. How is the visual representation different if it's just a huge rock under the ground? Uh, it would show up as a smaller image on the okay. paper. Yeah. Hmm. And, and sometimes you had to, you had to use a little bit of deduction to try and figure out if it was really a burial or yeah. not. And so have you used that a lot here? We haven't unfortunately used it here. The equipment is quite expensive. Um, so there are companies that you can uh, hire to come out and do that. And you can purchase the equipment on your own, but uh, with anything uh, technological, it, it, uh, it requires some knowledge to use it. And over time it becomes obsolete and you have to replace it with something else. So it's not something that unfortunately we've been able to acquire to use. Mm -hmm. Have, have you uncovered, you know, when was the last time we've uncovered a new cemetery in town? 
A new old cemetery. A new old cemetery. Uh, I believe Cemetery 97, which is the one that we discussed in Glenwood um, with the single burial there. That is Cemetery 97. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And that was just in the last few years then? Yeah. Yep. Uh, That that was very recently. Pre-COVID, I think. Yep. Was it? Pre-COVID? Yep. But um, what's your... Do you have a favorite cemetery? Oh, do I have a favorite cemetery? I really like... uh, There's a set of three cemeteries that are located off of Cedar Avenue. And this is just west of uh, the intersection between Cedar and Middle Road. I know those. Yes. Um, you, th- it's it's right along the side of the road. Uh, oh, there's a sidewalk yes, that yes, runs yes. there. By the house that has the water, that one? Yes, yeah. right yeah. Uh, okay. right up the hill from the, the bleachery um, and, and the, the water area yeah. up there. Yep. So uh, I particularly like those cemeteries. I've been in there a number of times to do cleanups, so I'm very familiar with them. But I particularly like those because... The stones that are located there run the gamut. Um, We have traditional slate stones that are in there, which a lot of times the slate stones are fascinating because the carvings are so detailed and they, if they hold up over time, you can still very clearly read the inscriptions and the carvings that are on those stones versus a lot of the other marble type stones or granite stones that have been used over the years where acid rain and other things have affected it and uh, made it less legible. So slate is has stood better slate stood has better. Stood, slate is much easier to see and to uh mm. read uh, unless you're looking at more modern stones but the one drawback with slate is the way the stone is formed is it's it's formed in layers and what happens over time is water will seep into cracks within the layers it'll freeze and then the slate stones tend to peel away um, and the face will, will peel off of them. So you'll see chunks that have actually fallen off the stones in some cases. And then I can, I can imagine say. a slate stone right now, maybe with a little angel at the top yes. and they're very they're black or dark, dark gray kind right. of color. And so there's some of those in there. Yes, there are some uh, located in, in that uh, cemetery. We also have another cemetery that is behind Dave's Marketplace. Which um, Daves? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> the Daves the on um, Division. Okay. Yes. Near the uh, Grange? Right. Yeah. So right behind the Grange, there's a hollow there, and there's a cemetery down in that hollow. Um, it's a little difficult to access, but there are some fascinating slate stones that are located I've in there. I've never been there. Yeah, I most people haven't. Or have Field any idea. Trip. Field trip. Field trip. Although yeah. I heard that, were you the one that was there and the police... Somebody called the police on you? We did have, yes, and this was a number of years ago. Uh, I think probably before we had our illustrious police log in EG News, but uh, one of our members on the commission was there waiting for some volunteers to show up, and I guess someone drove by and thought he looked suspicious and had the police called. Well, my theory on that was because for a while there that we had a lot of, we had thefts of cooking oil from behind Mm. Dave's, you know, and so maybe people were just a little... Like, hmm, that person's suspicious. Yes, but that could be. We'll wear bright colored hats or something. <laughs> right. <when> we go. <laughs> we are, we'll look like we're not trying to hide. Are there trends in inscriptions that you've noticed while doing this work? Um, yes. Yeah, so a lot of... We're fortunate in, in not only East Greenwich, but Rhode Island as a whole, that a lot of the stones that are here actually came out of the John Stevens shop, which is still in operation today. It's the oldest in Newport. In Newport, yes, the oldest continually operated uh, 
stone carving shop in the United States. And it's, it's owned by, I believe, a different family now than the Stevens family originally was. But um, for a while, that was one of the premier stone carving shops wow. within uh, the U.S., and so they put out a lot of stones, and we find a lot of the John Stevens stones and carvings um, throughout our cemeteries. How do you know? Like, do they have signatures? They, a lot of times they will. The stone cover will put their initials on the stone. Um, really? And, yeah. Huh. And, and sometimes it's difficult. On the front or the back? Or? Uh, I believe on the back, but a, it's usually located very low on the stone. So uh, you may go into a cemetery now and not find anything there. There could be an uh, it's initials. Because Yeah, it's been something? covered up by the ground over time. Have you noticed during your tenure here on the Cemetery Commission a lot of damage to, I mean, like um, vandalism at all? Fortunately, we haven't. Um, we always come across stones that are broken, and we never know what happened to those. It usually looks like the breaks occurred a number of years ago. It's not something that's any uh, anything that's current uh, that took place. And there are ways to repair the stones. Um, the cemeteries that I referenced there on Cedar Avenue, we actually had a couple from Northern Rhode Island that came in and assisted us once to repair a couple of the stones there. So we took one stone that was uh, just broken right in half, right down the middle, and um, we set it back up and glued it together. Uh, and then once you do that, you're able to, if there's an inscription that was where the break was, you're able to go back and uh, very carefully sort of complete that inscription or try and make it whole again. Hmm. Um, so there are ways to, to fix the stones. But yeah, to answer your question, thankfully, we haven't seen a lot of vandalism and damage within the cemeteries, which is always a good thing. I know that Alan Clark talks a lot about his frustration that the town doesn't do a better isn't willing to spend its resources to maintain these cemeteries. But I also know that even for me, in living in town, taking care of my backyard is can be a lot of work, you know. Exactly. Um, you know, sure. beating, beating back the wildness every year, such as it is on Prospect Street. But um, <laughs> I don't know. It, how I do know, like, Barrington apparently has a private fund... First cemeteries. Okay. Um, do you envision anything like that ever? Yeah, for we'd Greenwich? like to get to that point. Um, and and certainly, Alan and I have talked extensively around uh, where we feel the town's involvement with the cemetery should be. Um, certainly, the cemeteries that fall within town property that are just open space, we would expect that the town would take care of those. And and um, usually, they have departments, whether it be Parks and Rec or DPW, that will go out and and um, do that. Uh, especially cemeteries that are much more visible and open. There's one that's up by uh, Swift Gymnasium uh, yes, right next to the yes. parking lot. And that's uh, cared for when they go out and care for the rest of the grass and the grounds around there, which is nice. The tricky thing is with so many cemeteries falling on private property, um, mm -hmm. it's difficult for the town to commit to taking care of all those. And it's private property too, right? We don't want... Uh, it's tough for volunteers even to go onto private property and clean up a cemetery without worrying about some type of liability and what happens if someone gets hurt and whose responsibility is it going to be. Um, so to try and put the burden of caring for all those cemeteries in the town right now, uh, it's, it's a difficult prospect. We'd like to eventually see in a, a scenario where we take all those cemeteries off the private landowner roles, tax roles, and all those revert back to the town. Because really, they're a historical part of the town. 
downtown. So we feel like it should be preserved and protected by the town of East Greenwich. But I, I feel like we're still a ways away from making that a reality. One of the things that Alan and I did start was a uh, cemetery uh, perpetual care fund. So sort of a trust fund for our cemeteries in town. And we'd like for this to be a long-term goal where we build the funds up in that enough such that uh, there is, uh, whether it's the cemetery commission or the town or some other entity is able to go in and use some of those funds to hire outside companies to care for the cemeteries and um, go in, trim them, mow them, take care of trees, remove trees where it's needed, well, which is another tricky part. Sometimes, of course, trees just volunteer to grow up in the middle of a cemetery, They right? pick the worst spots sometimes. <laughs> um, and and uh, I, I say that as also being someone who is a very big proponent of trees. And Yeah, we're all in the tree council. Yes. We're all, tree, we're all tree trees people. down. No, there's only so much that I can do uh, to say negatively about trees, but uh, cemeteries and trees don't mix is what it comes down to. Um, certainly yeah, the roots exactly pull yeah. everything up. They have to really be strategically placed. And there yeah. are um, historic cemeteries around the world where uh, they're designated as an arboretum um, because the, the growth there with the trees and the shrubs and everything else yeah. is so beautiful. Well, but people like that sometimes they too do. in selecting yeah. mm -hmm. a location for their beloved. Like, oh, won't it be nice underneath a, a shady tree? And yeah, maybe well, we'll Swan Point bench. has beautiful, yeah. Swan Point Cemetery right. in Providence mm -hmm. has beautiful trees. And a friend of mine just went to a burial up in, um, uh-oh, Cambridge. What's the name? Mount Auburn Cemetery. Oh, yes, I've heard which, of that one too. And I said, she goes, she says, yeah, it's up at Mount Auburn Cemetery. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're in for a treat. That is, it's like Swan Point 2.0. I mean, even, right. even more, just gorgeous, gorgeous trees. So there is that. But these, these trees we're talking about are kind of trees that just volunteer to grow up right between a couple of gravestones. Or yeah. Something. And if they're smaller, we can get in there and usually cut them down at the base, but we have a lot of larger ones that have grown over the years and they've just been ignored. And so now they're at the point where it would be a pretty major undertaking to remove them. Um, but it is something that we need to address. Um, the trees that are in some of the cemeteries have not been cared for, so they've died over the years. Uh, they have loose limbs that could pose a danger to anyone that might be walking by or visiting the cemetery or a house that might be located next to it. Uh, and, and certainly to the graves themselves, um, where mm -hmm. if the tree were to fall down and crush some of the gravestones there, then it could cause irreparable damage to them. Um. That picture that you showed um, that we saw at the beginning, before we started recording. Oh, yeah. I had just oh, taken a quick a little trip um, today out to Cemetery 12. That's correct. On um, Middle Road. And what, on the other side of Route 2. Right. Just, just okay. east, of, east of Tillinghast, she said? Yes, uh, east of Tillinghast on the south side of Mill Road. Okay, and the I picture I, I took, one. maybe we can put this on the, on the um, website. Yeah. Um, our sister, Mary Spencer, from the 1800s, and she, there's a finger pointing up to heaven. And it's so clear from the you 1800s know, for being Mary that C. old. Spencer. Yes. It's fascinating. Oh, my gosh. Our sister Mary C. Spencer. It is interesting how some of uh, some of them are so clear. Yes, and, and well others, preserved. Of course, are not. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and there's another uh, 
I think really fascinating stone in that cemetery as well that's actually constructed out of metal, but it was made to look like stone. So from a distance, you'll look at it and think, wow, that's a very elaborately carved stone uh, headstone. It's metal. But if you get up and uh, just knock on it, it's actually made out of metal. Wow. How old is that one? Do you know? Uh, I don't off the top of my head know Mm -hmm. how old that one is. That but might have been closer to the street. I think I know the one. It is closer to the street. Yeah, yeah it's right inside the entrance. So I was like, wow, this one's in fabulous shape yes. also. Yep, and that's part of the reason why. <laughs> wow. It's metal. So maybe metal is what we all should use for our grades. Can you tell be. us a little about the, is it the old Baptist cemetery that has some of these um, uh, elaborate inscriptions that Bruce McGonagall has in his book that he wrote for the 300th anniversary. Oh yeah, for the tercentenary. You know, I have this, I remember him saying that during the parade for the tercentenary, which was in 1977, um, he wasn't in the parade, even though later he was a Varnum Continental and he always marched. He was at like some cemetery. He was at Glenwood. Cleaning. Yeah. He says that in the introduction. Uh, He spent two, two years of weekends going to all of the known cemeteries in East Greenwich. And you say right. that uh, an additional, I don't know, 20 or something have been found since then. Yeah, I believe at the wow. time that the uh, he completed his book and documented it, there were 75 cemeteries. And we're up to 97 now. That's amazing. So pretty amazing. And there's still uh, anywhere between 12 to 20 cemeteries that we don't know what you, happened to them. You know they're out there, though. There or they may have been some... moved, I think, right? Exactly, That's yeah. We have a good idea mark. that they're out there, but they uh, most of them are out there, but then they could have been moved. Um, there was a cemetery at one time located where the waste treatment facility is in mm. town. Uh, we can see that clearly on some of the old maps, and there's another one that's uh, down in the harbor area that's listed on one of the old town maps. It's not there anymore. We've got the waste treatment center in one location and a parking lot, I believe, in the other location. Huh. Huh. So. Well, you know, I was just... There was an article, I think, in the Providence Journal about the Situate Reservoir, and there's some new documentary about it. But yes, they talked I saw that. About, there were four cemeteries, some number of cemeteries that needed to be, everyone needed to be dug up and moved because that became part of the, uh, uh, it was all flooded well out, these yeah. houses, yeah. And yeah. businesses. I can't even imagine that, but yeah, moving a cemetery has got to be pretty wild. Sure. Yeah, it's a pretty major undertaking. We actually um, had a great presentation made to us this year from uh, a representative from the Public Archaeological uh, Laboratory, I believe it is, PAL, uh, located in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And uh, an individual came in and talked about some cemeteries that had been lost uh, up in the Massachusetts area. And um, they thought they were lost but it turns out that they were just covered over, over time. And as new projects came along and they started to do excavation work in the area, they came across uh, signs of human remains and had to do a full-blown excavation to try and find out what was going on there and discovered some cemeteries that uh, over the course of the years, uh, the public or whomever had been told that, well, the bodies that were buried there originally had been dug up and moved to a different location and <gasps> they, they hadn't right they were still right there wow i went to scotland at this time last year and through ancestry.com i linked up with a third cousin who is still living 
where my family was from. And because of the reach out, she was like, well, now I'm curious. And so she tracked down the grave marker for our common ancestors who were our wow. great, great, greats. And the interesting thing was you couldn't look at, looking at the surface of the grave marker, you, you couldn't read a single word. But when you got on the ground and looked up, you could see all of their oh, names wow. and dates and everything huh. else. And she found it just through doing research. Yeah. She was like, well, it should be right here, but I can't see anything. And then got down on the ground and looked wow. up. Wow. That's fascinating. That is fascinating. Yeah. We will have people across the U.S. that will reach out to... Um, uh, to to the state or uh, to the town commission to inquire about a specific burial that's a relative of theirs. Oh, uh, findagrave.com. Yeah, findagrave is very photos. big for that. Yep. Right, exactly. So we have, uh, there have been volunteers. They, they usually go out on their own um, and do it. And occasionally will consult with us, but they'll go out and they'll go into a cemetery and document everything that's there, take pictures, write down all the inscriptions that wow. they're able to identify and then post the information to find a grave. We also have a great state uh, resource for cemeteries as well. So the, it's the Rhode Island Historic uh, Cemetery Database, which has a lot of fascinating information on it. You can sort all the data in there by town, and there's a list of every numbered hmm. cemetery. Uh, and then within that list, there'll be information like some of the inscriptions that uh, Bruce McGonagall had captured or the hand drawings that he had done or even pictures that had been taken and uploaded over the years. Maybe we need to extend Bruce's book and fill in those 20, is it 22 more? Yeah, right. Cemeteries. Well, it's funny because he wrote this 50 years ago and his starting point was documentation from 85 years ago. Oh. That's what he used because somebody else had done it way huh. back then. Right. Now yeah. all this additional time has gone by. There was an individual, uh, James Arnold, who went around and did a lot of cemetery research across the state um, and just walked everywhere and catalog yeah. stuff. Um, and actually, Alan Clark has also referenced, um, we had a resident in town, uh, Violet Cattell, who put together a book. And within her book, uh, it's kind of a walking history of the, the town of East Greenwich and certain areas. And she'll make reference to cemeteries um, throughout the book. And sometimes we're able to connect the dots between what she says and what James Arnold may have, may have found or Bruce has found or Alan has found all the, over the years. And that's what helps us pinpoint and identify a cemetery that we thought was lost and has wow. now been found. Look how much passion you still have for this. Something yeah. that you did your Eagle Project I on know. as a teenager. I, I know, You're right? still yeah. at it all yeah, these decades. Years I didn't even later know here. you were an Eagle Scout. <laughs> yes. You yep. buried the lead on that one. Okay. Right. We're, we're putting that up. Well, uh, thank you so much for Absolutely. talking, Absolutely. This was my Darren. pleasure. This is a lot of fun. And I think... I have some new cemeteries I'm going to go out and visit. And um, now, are we allowed to etch them or anything like that? So it's typically discouraged um, because that probably to wears do it down a bit. Yeah, it does. Um, so any type of rubbings usually aren't a great idea. Uh, sometimes people want to go in and clean the stones, yeah. and there's a very specific process behind that as well. You can't just go in and use so maybe any reach old out to the historic cleaner. cemetery commission. And Absolutely, come. yes. If you have any any questions about that, or maybe just take some nice photos. Yeah, uh, a great way to reach us is through our uh, Gmail address, which is eg cemetery volunteer at gmail.com eg cemetery volunteer at gmail.com that's it all right well thanks darren this was great thanks Joni, as always and jesse and um that's all for now ta-ta you've been listening to the eg news podcast the official podcast of the east greenwich news publication 
If you haven't already, head on over to eastgreenwichnews.com and sign up for our newsletter so you can be notified of everything that's going on in our community. And also, hit that follow or subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we upload a new episode.